So bringing attention, <clears throat> being the attention itself. Being rather than becoming. Uh, that's why I encourage this investigation of of uh, Sakyaditi of self. The assumption that I am somebody who's meditating in order to become enlightened. So being aware of that, awareness, and then the Assumption. That's an assumption, isn't it? I am this uh, this person, uh, and I'm a Buddhist monk, and I here to practice meditation in order to become enlightened and free from all suffering. That uh, that's convention, but that if we grasp that convention and we operate from that assumption, what is the result? So you're grasping something without knowing what you're doing. You've never noticed the grasping. You're fully committed to the assumption. There's nothing wrong with the assumption. It's not a, you know, a condemnation of that. But it's this ignorant grasping that is the problem. So it's a vicha, ignorance of dhamma. Ignorance of the way of the way things really are, the truth of the way it is, leads, in, and the result of that grasping is dukkha. So, in the paticca samuppada, dependent origination, you know, starts out with a vicha bhajaya sankara. This is ignorance, and then sankara. This uh, this whole you know, exploring sankara. This category, conditioned phenomena, or phenomena, it's things, it's qualities, conditions, quantities, whether it's refined or coarse, or true or false, heaven or hell, or whatever, all conditions, you know, all conditions are impermanent. So this there's a vicha, you know, this ignorance of anicca, then we we tend to live in in uh, in this illusion that that conditions are permanent. I'm a permanent person. You know, I'm always Ajahn Sumedho. I, my feelings, my thoughts, my life, everything is seems more permanent. Than it really is when you awaken, when you observe the way things really are. So, bhicca bhajya sankara sankara bhajya vinyanang consciousness. So, what this really means in terms of the here and now is that as long as there's ignorance, avicca, then what we experience through consciousness is affected by that. It's infected by this ignorance. So, this is what the conditioning process is. We're, we're kind of programmed, conditioned, out of ignorance. Our personalities, cultural conditioning, social conditioning, language, everything <coughs> is infected. When we, when we start with ignorance, then everything that we experience through consciousness uh, is tainted accordingly. So then, and that, then the following sequence of Nama Rupa, Salayatana, uh, that, you know, that uh, is about the physical, mental, the six senses, 
Patsa contact Vedana feeling. Dana Ubadana, then desire arises and then attachment. Now this is a this is this is a you know words, isn't it? It's a sequence. So we tend to to oftentimes interpret it as as this you know as a kind of linear um, thing, you know, where you, you have to you know you one thing you know one thing goes after another, or say it's uh, uh, conditioned arising simultaneously. So it's, it's these points on the Patita Samupada are not trying to kind of commit yourself to a sequence of words, but to uh, they give you perspectives on and ways of reflecting on the reality of now. So taking uh, you know, just uh, desire, dhanha ubadana, attachment to desire, or pasavedana, a contact feeling, and desire and and attachment. It's noticing this that sequence of how you know pasa is contact. Your eye contacts its object and and uh, uh, and the, like you're looking at something vedana arises or feeling you, know, you like it or don't like it you feel attracted or repelled and then the vedana bhajaya sankara and sankara vedana bhajaya dhanha desire so desire is you know if it's if it's pleasant, you 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 want it. If it's unpleasant, you want to get rid of it. And grasping the desire, ubadana, dana ubadana. Then it's bawa, jati, jaramarana, soka pariteva, tukatomana, supayasa, which is you know this is becoming. You become the de- you know becoming this desire. Being you know, it's rebirth, bawa jati. So it's about, you know, whatever you grasp, you become like that. If it's out of ignorance, you're grasping out of ignorance, you become that very condition itself, which is, its very nature, is unsatisfactoriness. So, you know, fear of death, isn't it? When one of people are frightened of death, uh, because they're attached to the idea that they are the the body, and we all know our body's going to die. Just of course, you know. You know, I, I don't. I don't think anybody here believes in physical immortality. So we all know, you know, that someday one is going to die. And and this the sense of I I will die. Someday, and yet that can be quite, you know, it's not something that people like to discuss or talk about or think about very much. Because can you imagine what happens after, when if you don't have a body, when it's when your body's dead? Try to imagine it. What what would it be like if your body is, you know, dead? And so then you're, you know, the body is still 
breathing and feeling and so forth at this moment. But you can imagine, you know, just when you die, you know, you have different theories, you know, you, your spirit, your soul leaves the body and goes towards some, goes, it's either goes to heaven if you've been good or goes to hell if you've been bad. Or you, you know, or once you're dead, that means total oblivion. Uh, you know, it doesn't really matter whether you've been good or bad because death is oblivion. But seeing it in terms of Dhamma, you know, physical death at this point, and they say, I'm sitting here with a conscious body, that, you know, feeling. It's alive. And death is possibility. You know, someday this 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 body will will die, and then I can have various imaginat- imaginations around uh, death. But the, the the reality of now is that I don't know, because this is you know this is this is the body is alive. It's breathing, conscious form, knowing this. This is the way it is. This is Pachubana Dhamma. You know, this is the. You can have theories, preferences about life after death, where the soul goes, where the spirit goes, whether it's annihilation, oblivion, or reincarnation, or whatever. You know, we can. We might have certain ideas or preferences on the level of, of a concept. But the reality is that this this moment, knowing that consciousness is like this, consciousness within the form of this body is like this. When this this body's dead, I understand the concept, but I don't know the reality of that because the body is alive at this point. It's breathing, inhalation, exhalation, is feeling, conscious. So this is the direct knowing, you know, you're noticing, observing the way it is in terms of reality of, of, of this moment, where it's not abstract ideas or theories that you've adopted from others. So this is like awakeness, using, uh, developing, cultivating panya, wisdom, discernment, to know that you don't know. Is knowing, isn't it? That's direct knowing. Then people will ask you, "Well, what do Buddhists believe about when you when you, when you die? What happens?" And, and then there's you know reincarnation or rebirth or can a hu- once you've attained human birth, can you go backwards? If you've led a very unskillful life, could you be reincarnated as a frog or a mosquito? You know, so then the possibility, you know, if you've, you know, is that, uh, some people, I've, you know, I remember in one years ago in Perth, Australia, uh, used to give retreats at the Theosophical, at a Theosophical Center. And uh, when Ajahn Jakro was in establishing a monastery in Perth, and I'd give these 10-day retreats, and, and I'd talk to the Theosophists, and they, there were two groups of Theosophists in Perth, they separated because 
one group felt that once you've attained human birth and you died, you could, you could, you'd either be reborn as a human being or a higher level. And the other group believed that you could go backwards, become a frog or a mosquito. And so they, they, they separated over this. You know, they couldn't reconcile these two beliefs. Well, this seems rather silly to me, but it's obviously terribly important to them, you know, to, you know, convince that, you know, I don't, I prefer, you know, once you've attained the human, human birth, it's, it's kind of, you know, I prefer that you just, you just improve. You're, you 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 get a similar you get a maybe if you've been a bad person bad human being you might be born in difficult conditions in poverty or disability or whatever but then you can believe in be if you if you're glutton and you like to eat all the time then you you'd be reborn as a pig or you know you get you can you can speculate now these are you know in terms of the reality of now Speculations, isn't it? The, the truth of the matter is that we don't know. There's not knowing. Not knowing is like this. There's a knowing of not knowing. So this is like intuitive awareness I'm pointing to now. This this knowing, direct knowing, not knowing about various theories of life after death or reincarnation. But then if you use the Paticca Samupada, you know, you have this Pawajati sequence after, you know, Dana Upadana Pawajati. So this is uh, called rebirth, Jati usually. And, uh, you know, kind of rebirth. And this is, this you can actually witness to. Whatever you grasp, you become what you're grasping. If you're, if you're, you know, this grasping is, its cause is ignorance, avicca, and then the dana upadana from avicca. So you know you can observe this, this witnessing of, if something, you know, conditions for anger arise, somebody insults me or abuses me anger arises, then if, if there's ignorance, then I grasp this, then the desire, the feeling of anger, vedana, dana, desire to, you know, say something or do something in anger, and then uh, upadana, grasping, and then that grasping leads to becoming rebirth, which leads to grief, sorrow, Anguish, despair, lamentation. Soka parite watuka tomanat upayasa. This is what, you know, suffering, dukkha. So you, you know, observing this, you know, when we can't help but feel angry when the conditions for it arise. You know, that this is just the way, this is the, the way this the condition realm is. The conditions for greed or hatred or jealousy or fear, confusion. 
this is the way it is, you know, then the grasping and wanting it to be otherwise or following it, like believing I'm angry and grasping this desire leads to becoming and rebirth. So you, you become, I become an angry person. And becoming an angry person, the result of that is I'm in a state of suffering. Soka paritewa, tukka, tomanat, upayasa, grief, sorrow, despair, anguish. Now, now then, if you know, then the being uh, aware, then and there's vicha or understanding of the way it is, understanding Dhamma, and then, you know, when somebody insults or the conditions for our anger arise, then there is a, you know, there's the, the, that's the vipaka kama, resultant karma, of being human and and the individual karma of being this karmic formation and its memories and impressions and feelings and so forth is like this. So, uh, you know, when we, when we see, when we explore this Paticca Samupada, we begin to see how, you know, if we, you know, it gets to just explore, investigating this Dana Ubadana, Vedana Dana Ubadana sequence. And becoming, you know, becoming an angry person. So, you know, if they recognize this, then conditions for anger arise, which is non-grasping. Then that anger, what we call anger, is, it is what it is. It's a sankhara, what arises ceases. It's anatta. So it's just, it is what it is. And then it's, you know, it's a, it's, we don't grasp, there's no grasp, there's no ignorance, no grasping, no desire, no grasping, no becoming, no suffering. So that's why, you know, you can still feel angry, but not suffer. <laughs> but don't create suffering. Or g- greed, or confusion, fear. A lot of these are just like primal c- emotions, isn't it? We, you know, they're the mammalian species. You know, whether it's a dog or a human being, we still all experience anger and greed, fear, jealousy. They're kind of like what I call confusion. We get confused. You know, so these are, you know, uh, lopadosamoa or uh aversion, greed and ignorance. So we call them primal. I mean they're just part of the package of being they being a a mammal or a human being. They aren't even, you know, the sole possession of humanity, and that we can certainly, you know, why do people like dogs so much? Because uh, dogs have similar emotions to human beings. You know, you can you can talk nicely to a dog and and treat it with kindness and give it nice food and it's happy, just like we are. And you abuse the dog and 
scold it and so forth, and it becomes unhappy and miserable. Dogs can get jealous, can't they? If you get another dog and you pay more attention, they get jealous. We can relate to that. Fear. These are kind of primal, primal conditions, part of the package. These are not personal even. And then out of ignorance and, and this belief, I am this person and these emotions are mine, then we create them into much more than what they are. These are my fear, my aversion, my greed, my lust, my jealousy, my confusion. You see what I mean? How that that's uh, avicca then. Avicca is affecting, is, is infecting your conscious experience. It is like an infection, like a sickness, avicca. So it infects everything. You know, everything, when you're caught in avicca, then you see everything from this, everything, you know, me and mine. You know, you feel frightened or uh, the whole world is about me and mine, protecting me. What about me? And and you you become obsessed, you know. Totally selfish person is one who is so ignorant that they they can't think about anyone else. The whole universe revolves around me. And I want the universe, I want to control it so that I feel secure. M- me, I feel safe and 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 uh, I need that that certitude of safety and by controlling things around me. But when seen from vicha, then the whole thing doesn't arise. You know, you still experience you still experience the vipaka kama of a human birth. But when vicha, when you recognize or recognize vicha, that which is awareness, sati with panya, discernment, then you know all conditions, you know, you, you're aware of the nature of conditioned phenomena and, and your identity with it is no longer, you know, you're no longer um, deluded by that. It no longer infects consciousness because you've, you've seen through it. You've penetrated it. You've penetrated ignorance. You've seen through the illusoriness of the conditioned realm. You still experience it, but your relationship to it is through satipanya, mindfulness, wisdom, discernment. Now, in uh, you know, one of the problems that most of us, and this is very strong in in Western culture, Judeo-Christian culture, because this is, you know, the problem of guilt, uh, guilt-ridden, obsessions with guilt. Now, this is, doesn't seem to be such a big problem in, uh, like, Buddhist Hindu culture, because I think they have a more realistic understanding of life, <laughs> where, where you know, Western civilization is, is very... Uh, you know, it's based on on uh, myths, on legends, and ideals. So, like in Christianity, you know, I, mean, I was brought up as a Christian. You're brought up with this, with this myth. And even though, even though Christians insist it's not, it's historical fact. 
you know, it's not. In terms of here and now, I mean, I, you know, whether Jesus Christ actually existed and so or the Old Testament God and, and you know, I, these are matters of faith in, in Christian practice. You know, even though they say it's historical, but in reality it's more mythical, isn't it? Because we have to believe that, that somebody died for us 2,000 years ago. To, uh, the Son of God died for us to save us from sin. So then this, this, what does this do to consciousness if you grasp this perception? You know, what is it, how does it affect your conscious, the sense of yourself? Is it, you know, you're, you know, some, the, Jesus died for me 2,000 years ago to save me from sin. And so being brought up in, with this kind of uh, teaching, you know, I used to, when I started thinking about it, I started feeling angry. Because what they wanted me to feel was guilty. Whenever I didn't do something properly or told a lie or thought a bad thought even, thought a dirty thought, You know, I was somehow, you know, feeling guilty about it. Having, you know, when you're in puberty, your body's, you know, getting ready for sexual activity and you don't know what's happening. And then you you, you feel guilty about uh, your sexuality. And then God is love and then you feel angry and hate and you should love your mother and sometimes you hate her. And and guilt arises, you know. This is this is my reflection on this obsession around guilt. Because this guilty guilty feeling is not primal. It's it's a neurotic obsession uh, that is part is part of a cultural attitude based on this uh, this sense of I am somebody who should be you know, who shouldn't be a sinner, who should always strive to get rid of sin and become, uh, you know, what God wants me to be. And never feeling quite good enough, you know, feeling frustrated and, 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 and oftentimes ashamed and guilt-ridden about the basic primal conditions of being human. So this is, this, this is, this, then I say this is, neuroses. We not only have to deal with the primal energies and primal forces, the natural conditions of this realm of having a mammalian body, a human body, a sexual body, a body that needs to be fed, needs food, needs, you know, that's very sensitive and can easily be you know, easily experience pain and cold and misery of all sorts. And then with this ignorance of Icha, making, believing the self, I am this body and these, these, uh, emo- these, this, these desires are mine. And knowing how I should be, according to an ideal, I should be uh, kind and I should obey the commandments. I should be, uh, you know, l- loyal to God and doing God's will, I should be, and then, you know, I should uh, always be, I shouldn't feel anger or hatred towards my mother and father, I should respect the teachers, 
I should. <laughs> All the shoulds, isn't it? So notice that this idealism uh, about how things should be uh, always brings back this sense of how you know this the, this this uh, gram- grammatical uh, form of should and shouldn't, and so we develop you know a, 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 this what they call this superego, a very kind of strong uh, guilt obsession around guilt. Now the in Pali, you talk about hiriotapa, which is uh, like having a conscience and reckon, you know, something in us intuitively knows that, you know, feel the sense of shame when we when when you tell a lie. You know, when I tell a lie, I kind of know it that I'm telling a lie, or you know, it's a sense of uh, you know, this is healthy. Hiriotapa is not guilt. When when I use this word guilt, it's not, it's not that. Hiriotapa it helps, you know, is a helpful tool, uh, part of the human karma that is, that one learns from. But when it becomes guilt, then uh, then it's always guilt is based on this assumption that I am a sinner. I shouldn't have a bad thought. I should be, shouldn't be. You should be. You shouldn't be. We do that to each other, don't we? How many of you have all kinds of ideas about what I should be? You know, being the senior incumbent and what you should be and what senior monks and nuns should be and what junior monks and nuns should be and all the shoulds and shouldn'ts. So these are, you know, we, we grasp these and we, 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 we become Buddhist monks and nuns and seniors and juniors and <coughs> and then we op- and we don't know what we're doing, then we, we uh, there's a vicha, ignorance. And then what we what comes out of that ignorance operating out of ignorance, every action, every thought is is affected by that ignorance. So the result is dukkha. Now this is for reflection, and this isn't a, a kind of doctrinal teaching. This is not dogma, but teacher Samuvas is a very skillful uh, reflective tool. I found anyway, because it gives you it gives you the you know this this uh, it's an investigation of experience in a in a very interesting way, because I would never have you know from the my cultural background, my education, I would never have thought up a teacher samupada on my own. It would never have occurred to me. So, so just, you know, seeing it, you know, discovering it within the, becoming a Theravadan Buddhist and reading, you know, the, the suttas and so forth. One, one, uh, at first, when I first came across Paticca Samupada, I thought, God, that's, I don't, that's a really complicated one. Really, you know, because ignorance, conditions, uh, karmic formations, karmic formations condition consciousness, consciousness conditions, uh, name and form, name and form conditions, the eye, ear, nose, tongue, body. <laughs> just mind-boggling cause, because uh, my intellect had never, you know, Use that the this particular form. So I just was trying to figure it out from a very Western, educated mind. 
you know, and it just seemed incredibly complicated to get your intellect around all that. But actually, it's very simple. You know, it's, it's uh, in terms of, um, you know, re- reflecting. Getting it down to just a vicha, a vicha and vicha. If there's no avicca, and then, then you, you know, like in the three fetters, sakyatiti, silabhata, baramasa, vichikicca, these are all about avicca, the self-view and, and the uh, cultural conditioning and thinking. So I, uh, I, you know, I use vichikicca, I keep emphasizing, doubt is always a result of thinking, grasping of thought grasping of thinking out of ignorance, so you end up with vichikicca, or doubt. So when you, you know, when there's vicha, then, like, uh, we're, obser- you know, using these three, f- exploring, investigating, observing this, uh, you know, in your own experience, here and now, you become, you be, you, you, you awaken the, the sense of a separate self, a personality that has any permanency, drops away. It doesn't, ring true with investigation. I can't actually find any personality that has any ability to sustain itself. It more or less rises and ceases. The personal, what I would regard as, as personality, sakyaditi, the sense of myself as a person, as a man, as a monk, as this and that. This is my self-worth, my nationality and all around. There's this, these, when you really observe, these these are changing all the time. There's nothing, you know, no real substance or essence to them. They're ephemeral and uh, conditions, like waves on top of the the, uh, the sea. You know, they, they move, you experience them, but they're, they're, you can't, you know, try to petrify a wave on the Pacific Ocean or the Atlantic Ocean. Try to, you know, hold a wave so that it doesn't move. You know, it's impossible, isn't it? Well, that's what uh, all these are. These, uh, the Sakyatiti, Silabhata, Bhamasa, Vijikita, they're like waves. Not denying them as just imagination, but they're not, they have no, no permanency. They can't sustain themselves. Where what is self-sustaining that we don't create is is awareness. So when there is awareness, awakeness, vicha, then then you have the niroda, the reality of niroda, you know the the sense of cessation. All conditions cease. You're aware of, you know, you know the nature of conditioned phenomena, so you're not grasping it. So then with there's cessation, there's no suffering. So that's why, uh, practically speaking, when when you're aware, when there's awareness and you recognize it, this is it. And and, uh, this is like the third noble truth, uh, Naroda Satcha. This is, is, realize this. This is reality. Reality is now. And, And so you're, you know, you... Ability to natural ability. It's not a a kind of forced, concentrated state at all. It's very natural to just be aware, rest, relax into this awareness, trust it, and then you then you've got this. Then the then you don't create suffering around the vipaka kama, 
or the condition, the things that happen to you, you know, in your daily life. You're aware of them. They are what they are. But your relationship changes from grasping to non-grasping, from self to non-self. When there's anatta and non-grasping, then there's no suffering. So then no suffering is like this, you know, mindfulness, sampachanya, sati, sampachanya. So sampachanya has this, this, uh, you know, it's a, this open, it includes, it's like um, apperception. It's not, it doesn't dividing anything, but it includes everything. So, you know, this is what an intuit, intuitive moment is. It's not, not selecting one thing and, and uh, repressing all the rest. It includes everything. Everything belongs. Whether it's pleasant, unpleasant, uh, the sense of a self, fear, desire, ignorance, whatever, there's an awareness. That awareness is recognizable. So this is like recognizing that here and now is this. The simplicity of here and now. So it's it's a one it's oneness, it's unitive, it's not divisive. Contrasting the duality is like where you you know, is thinking, where you divide things up. Now contemplate your you know, what thinking does. Um, you know, it's 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 way of thinking. It's always, you know, this is good and that's bad. This is right and that other's wrong. So it's, it's always a sense of you and me. I'm Ajahn Sumedho and you are somebody else. You're separate. Now, in, and that takes, you know, that's thinking, isn't it? That's, that's uh, you know, it's not nothing wrong with thinking, but... If we attach to thinking, then we always living in this sense of separateness, of loneliness, of suffering. Because if I if I see myself always in terms of thoughts and memories, then I it's not, it's not, you feel very lonely, because I'm always feeling separated from everything. Because the result of ignorance and grasping, <coughs> then I create this sense of loneliness and separation, and lack, and loss, and fear. And it's soka parite tuka tomana supayasa. The result of ignorance is dukkha. So that's why you know, this dukkha is the first noble truth. You know, it's, it's something to, you know, because it's, a, it's like the key. It's the big clue the Buddha gave. And it's very ordinary. It's banal. It's nothing, you know, fantastic. Or it's not about, you know, being enslaved by brutes and whipped and beaten and humiliated. Nothing big like that. That's real, you know, that's really <laughs> big dukkha. But this is just the dukkha being born nice middle class society like this one and being conditioned out of ignorance of feeling guilty, of feeling lonely, of, of feeling some lack, there's something wrong or about yourself, or there's something missing, or feeling sorry for yourself, or feeling 
envious of others because you think others are better off than you are and, and all that. Then this this is this isn't because you've necessarily been brutalized and treated badly by life. This is the result of ignorance. You see, there's a lot in in countries like this where you do you expect a lot. Nice, organized, middle class, affluent life and be totally miserable because you're lonely or feel something's missing, neurotic, guilt-ridden, frightened by everything, paranoid. These are the, these are the, 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 the first noble truths of, of modern uh, affluent lifestyles, aren't they? This, not because you don't have enough to eat or you're living in a brutal regime that persecutes you. So and Duke, of course, is so ordinary. I mean, it's it's uh, you know, it's it's not, you know, it, it's uh, you know, everybody has it. It's just you know, being dissatisfied, complaining, grumbling, wanting something, feeling, you know, and irritated because you or your family or the world, the society, isn't what it what you'd like it to be. It's not good enough. It's irritating, frustrating, inefficient, uncaring, self-centered. You can, you know, go on like that. And that kind of dukkha of the, this sense of this feeling dissatisfied and lonely is like this. Now, bringing that into consciousness, suddenly relationship to being dissatisfied Guilt, feeling guilty or unworthy and lonely is like this. Now, training yourself, beginning to recognize that this is, this is in sati sampachanya. You're recognizing, you know, you're observing this. You're allowing it to. You're not trying to figure it out anymore. Who, who is the cause or who's to blame for my misery? You give up that. You see the pointlessness of trying to, to you know, always blame somebody for one's loneliness or unhappiness and just open to the reality of it the present like this now what i'm doing right now is just resting in this awareness sound of silence open you know if i'm feeling lonely or unhappy about anything it's like this just by doing this then you know as you recognize this you, the grasping you let go you no longer believe it. And then it ceases. The suffering ceases or the dissatisfaction ceases. And this is non-suffering. This pure conscious awareness is non-suffering, non-self, non-grasping. This is the Eightfold Path. This is Samaditi, Samasangapo. This is non-suffering. This is Nibbana. This is Anatta. Is recognized, is real, is reality. It's not, it's not a created fantasy or an abstraction, where the sense of me and mine and what I think and liking and disliking all that, that seems unreal to me. I don't believe it anymore. That's not reality. That's just, you know, it's fantasy life. It's false. So you know, like, you know the. When you when you take this is why I call it real refuge is you take refuge in this, 
And then, then your relationship to the conditioned realm is knowing that with wisdom, discerning that, not making any problem about it. You know, life is like this. The society we live in, the people we live with, uh, um, so it's not, it's not a judgment or criticism, it's a recognition. Now, being a, in the convention of a samana, of a, of a monk or a nun, a samana, or alms mendicant, recognize that this is convention, not identity. Now, this vehicle of a samana, then, is, is a very, you know, it's a, it helps because, you know, if, you, if used correctly, properly, not with, not to identify with, you know, you create the same problems if you identify with being a monk or a nun out of ignorance, then then you're going to suffer just like you did before, before you ordained. It's not going to change anything, really. It's just, uh, you know, this the old habits will perpetuate themselves in the monasticism. So one can be jealous and envious and greedy and and guilt-ridden and angry and that just as you know in being a monk or nun is when as a lay and any you know in the lay society and out of ignorance but if if used with sati panya such you know this discernment ability you recognize you know what if you develop the samana sanya you know you, you experience a lot of contentment because the idea of a being an alms mendicant is being content with what is offered. It's leading to contentment rather than discontentment. Leads to gratitude rather than ingratitude. On a selfish level, you know, you know, one can feel in- ungrateful, complaining. You know, I deserve better than this. I should, you know, and being discontented with things because you know, you, what you have, you know, you see, you see somebody has something better than you have, and I'm senior to him, and he has better alms bowl than I do. And this can, that's Sakyaditi Silabhata Baramasa, as a Buddhist monk. Being the knower of this, then, is, and then the contentment, you, you can't make yourself content uh, out of avita. You know, even if it's an ideal, you just feel guilty about feeling discontented. You should be grateful for the alms food. You should be content with your dwelling. And these are the ideals. But, and those are ideals, but the awareness of suffering, may the awareness of what discontentment is. Once you recognize discontentment, then and then this this reminder of, the four requisites and the alms mendicant lifestyle that we're we've chosen, then you know we've begun to feel we're supported through the goodness of others. You know, it's out of generosity and goodness from others. A sangha then generates goodness from others. If it's a, you know, if it's a, no, if it's if it's being if it's practicing and for liberation. It generates, the, it, you know, you can see Amravati is a place where people like to come to to be good, to b- offer food, to be generous. 
you know, seldom do you meet, do you get, you know, people don't come to this place to be nasty and mean and to sell drugs and find sex and kill and murder and cheat. Usually, even if one is engaged in such vicious activities in the real life, when they come here, they usually refrain from it. So you see, you know, it's not a place that that draws out those kind of lower desires. So it's, uh, you know, that's why, you know, it is, you know, like they say, an arahant, a blessing to the world, or the eight, the four pairs, the eight kinds of noble beings, you know, these are, these are the blessed one's disciples. <coughs> now, these, you know, these are not personal attainments, but, and don't see them as some kind of remote, something far removed from your own experience. Begin to recognize it in yourself. We talk about sotapanna, what is that in terms of here and now? Not in terms of whether I am one or not, or who is and who isn't. You know, that's, that's uh, still a vicha creating sakya ditti. If I go around and I'm a sotapanna, who else is here? Raise your hands. All the sotapannas, all the sakadakamis, and the arahants. <laughs> and uh, that would be, you know, when you hear that, you know, some, some, Groups talk about things like he's a soda pun, she's a soda pun, uh, he's not it, he's a sakadagami, and our teacher is an arahant, arahantapala, complete. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this person doesn't know what they're talking about. This is Sakya Ditti, this is Avicca Bhajaya Sankara again, and taking the terminologies. Poly terms and 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 using them for grasping ideas, not knowing what you're doing. So there's uh, four pairs, eight kinds of no beings. These are the four, you know, the Sotapanasakada, Kami Anakami Arahant. These are the blessed ones' disciples. What this really means then is being aware, isn't it? It, it everything resolves itself to just that point again, not trying to figure out who is and who isn't, or whether you are or are not, but recognizing, cultivating, vicha, awareness, recognizing it so that you can develop it in your daily life, you know, natural state, and, and, it's, and it is liberation, it's freedom from suffering.